uh, I got this story here, and uh, it's not for kids, and the opinions expressed by the authors uh, shouldn't reflect back on their publishers. This story is Two Dudes, One Double Feature by R. Pennell, J. DeAngelis, and assistance by the Armstrong Brothers. Chapter One Two podcasters, Richard and Joe, talked about two movies every week. And whenever Richard said, Welcome, what he really was trying to say was, I love doing this show. However, this time when they did the podcast, he said something a little different along the lines of, Hello, welcome to Two Dudes, One Double Feature, the show in which two dudes talk two films, and that's about it. I am Dude One, Enigma Montoya. You have sideburns. Prepare to die. Anybody want a peanut? <laughs> Hello, lady. Hello, Dude One. <laughs> no, yes. Hello, everyone. Welcome. I'm Dude One, Richard. And I'm Dude Two, Joe. Hello. <laughs> Hello, lady. Um, no. Hello, everyone. Welcome to the show. Um, before we get into this week's conversation, how you doing, you sir? You, because <laughs> normally you say dude too. So I was confused if you froze for a second. So I was very concerned. This is this is my mental state right now. Now you know how I feel sometimes when I get like the random. <laughs> I am dude too so and so. Like who? Oh man. Yeah, I'm doing all right. I'm doing okay. Um, you know, just been watching movies. You know, like you did, did you have a good birthday? I did. Yeah, I had a good birthday. Uh, celebrated with the family uh, yesterday, which is nice. Um, you know, uh, but also I think we talked about this on the other previous episode. Uh, a certain uh, dude won. Bought me Inigo some, Montoya. Inigo Montoya um, <laughs> bought me some discs, and uh, I've checked out two out of the three of these discs, because, which is always exciting when you get new movies that you've never seen before. Um, mm-hmm. You know, I watched Heat for the first time. Michael Mann's Heat. Heat. Uh, <laughs> definitely a movie I want to get on the show at some point. Al Pacino, De Niro, Val Kilmer, all your friends. All great. You know, as Definitely. Henry Rollins. Henry Rollins. <laughs> which is now a meme. <laughs> and now a meme for Richard and I. Um great, great freaking uh great freaking movie. Definitely will probably end up in my letterbox four at some point. Uh you know, so really nice. Though the four K is definitely dim. And mm. this is one of the very, very, very rare instances. Cause I'm also watching I was watching it with my mom because she hadn't seen it in a while. And I almost preferred the stream because I could see what was I because I, the 4K is in many areas is very dim, which is, yeah. I, you know, yeah, it's it feels like they didn't really put the work into it, especially because I think the initial when they did the director's definitive version that that the disc is that was already remastered in 4K. Mm hmm. Plus, you know, they used a lower gigabyte disc, which I understand, but at the same time, it's like they probably needed the bigger one, especially because it's almost a three-hour-long movie. Yeah. Um, it's tricky. 
I mean, I, I didn't have a terrible time with it, but there were definitely some area, like, my my TV, you know, I think it's one of those things where I, I my Play, PlayStation 5 is a fine for enough 4K player, but I wish I had, a, like, a, a better player. Maybe it could have mm. presented it a bit better. <clears throat> I've been looking for an, another 4K player just to fully take advantage of stuff like Dolby Vision and all that stuff, you know. Yeah. Um, but the sound is really great, but that was already great the last time they put the Blu-ray out, from what I've heard. But yeah. I watched that, and I watched Candyman for the first time. Uh, really enjoyed it. You know, really... I'm uh, glad you did. Really enjoyed it. Not as many bees as I was expecting it to have, which was nice. Yeah, it's 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 a it it really lets you have it at the beginning of the movie, and then the rest of the time it's like smooth sail until that one scene at the end when Tony Todd's got him crawling all over him. Yeah, and even then that wasn't so bad. But I remember when I opened the package, I knew you were getting me Flatliners, which I still need to watch. Mm -hmm. I was I opened the package and I go, oh dear lord. <laughs> <laughs> Um, I'm like, I'm appreciative of this and, uh, I'm sure there's, it's a, it's a good movie. I'm like, oh gosh, the bees, you know, I felt like uh Nicholas cage for a second. Not the bees. Ah! <laughs> oh, oh man. But, um, no, I've been watching those and, uh, they've been, they've been really good. So thank you for those uh, discs and I will update you on my flatliners experience once that I happens. will tell you. No bees in Flatliners. All right, good, good, good. We're so. off to off to the races here. <laughs> no bees in Flatliners, but you know, at least Candyman was able to to entertain you. Bees involved, you know. Yes. So at least there's that. Um, how are you, how have you been? Um, you want to hear kind of a scary story? Scary stories. A little bit of a scary story. So. This might be a little bit crude at first, so I apologize, but um, it was this was the other night. I was in the bathroom doing my thing, you know, and when you're doing your thing in the bathroom, sometimes you're on your phone just trying to pass the time, mm -hmm. and I'm sit and there's a window right by where I'm sitting, and there's a vent right where, where I'm sitting where the air conditioning comes into the bathroom, and I start hearing a phone vibrating. And it's like like it's a it's a distinctive noise obviously when your phone goes off. It's not like you know anything it couldn't have been anything else. It was clearly like a phone going off. There was like five or six distinct vibratings and then there was a final like oh you got a message vibrating. Mm -hmm. yeah. And I know it wasn't me because I had my phone in my hand. And I asked everyone else in the house if uh, it was them and none of them had said their phone had went off. So Either one of them didn't know that it was going off, or there was someone else outside of my window. Oh, dear. And in the past, whenever stuff like this has happened, like, like, because we, because, you know, there's kids in the neighborhood, and sometimes they'll, like, prank houses and stuff, you know. Not that I'm condoning that by any means, but that has happened before. So, I've, I've never really been necessarily worried. Like, I get, I get paranoid, and I get worried about... Especially, you know, you live in the suburbs. Suburbs are not as safe as people might assume they are. I'm sorry. I mean, Halloween. <laughs> Halloween, exactly. Yes, it's a movie, but it's there's there's actual like just just look it up. Uh, watching Halloween at home is speak not to derail the conversation, but watching Halloween at home, pretty scary experience. Yeah, because you're like, oh, you you want to kind of look out the window and just be like, okay, we're good. Um, 
like like I get an inherent like fear whenever it's nighttime and I go upstairs and I'm by myself like I'm in the house by myself and because there's windows right by the front door and I think about like what if I turned around and there was someone like in in front of the window and I'm like no yeah no thank you um so like in the past I've had situations like this where I would say something to my parents and they would brush it off like it's nothing or they would think I'm you know crying wolf or something and it's always annoyed like the shit out of me mm-hmm. so i'm like you clearly don't seem to be it, it makes me think of that scene in lost world when the kids like there's a dinosaur in the front yard and the parents are like we need to make sure he stop watches to stop feeding him stop doing something's wrong with our kid and then they look out the window and the dinosaur's eating their dog mm-hmm. and they're like oh shit and i'm like well you know what you deserve that parents <laughs> i'm sorry you deserve it i'm i'm definitely part of that 90s crowd that makes uh movies today that hate the parents i think oh my i love gosh. my I, I love my parents but you know at the same time that that is an annoying thing were you a creative consultant on encanto turning red <laughs> everything everywhere all at once oh yeah <laughs> oh yeah um yeah they, they called me direct man um, the Daniels so, yeah. just have you on speed dial. <laughs> you know, we're good friends. I just call them Daniel collectively. And <laughs> they're all, they're both like, yes. Yeah. Uh, okay. <laughs> so yeah, I've had instances like that. So obviously I, I say something again because of the phone vibrating thing. And, you know, days later, they're just making fun of it, making fun of me for it now. And I'm like, listen, if that was someone out there and they broke into the house and something bad happened, I'm just saying. <laughs> you know, it's it's it, it it does bother me a little bit. Um like I remember back in the day uh I was looking out the window and cuz we used to have um four of the houses used to have a collective mailbox, like this big brick sort of setup that had all four mailboxes in it, one for two of the neighbors across the street, one for us and then one for our next door neighbor. And I looked out the window and I noticed that something looked off. And I, I normally don't do this, but I went outside and I noticed that it got knocked over. Like this brick structure was knocked over completely. And it was this was like two or three in the morning when I noticed this. And there was a truck driving down the street. And I'm like, what? And so then I literally woke my parents up and I was like, you guys got to come down here. And then the neighbors started coming down. We were all like, what happened? Apparently some kids from the neighborhood took a sledgehammer to it. Oh, man. So, but in retrospect, especially given our current times, I'm totally okay with not sharing a mailbox with my neighbors. Yeah. Yeah. So, but again, uh, listen, if someone says something, just hear them out. (laughs) If it, if there's nothing good, but just take precaution. That's all I say. Yeah. Just investigate it a second. So, because last thing I want to do is be pooping with uh, some random phone vibrating outside of my bathroom window. Yes, yeah, that's, that's a, like oh, it actually makes me think like a couple weeks back. You know, um, we, we sometimes like two or three in the morning we hear this weird noise against the dining room window, and we kept getting alerts on our security system that somebody was coming in trying to c- come into our window. And I thought this was gonna ha- was happen once because when I shouted uh, at this imaginary person, it stopped. But it turns out it was the sprinkling system, like. <laughs> but the sound it did not sound like 
a spr- it did not sound like a sprinkler. No, I bet it not. was it was very Honestly. it was very strange, but yeah. Um, and I was thinking about the mailbox too because we have a brick structure for our mailbox where all everybody's got their mm. thing, and I'm just like, imagine, oh my gosh, I'm trying to imagine somebody just try to take take that down. That thing's withered hurricanes like, and stuff. Like what? Like listen, listen, it's it's one thing if you're like if you go to TP someone's house or like I know I've seen people like do the forks in the yard thing. Like that doesn't take a whole hell of a lot of effort. It takes time. But it doesn't take a whole hell of a lot of effort to physically take a sledgehammer to a brick like structure holding up mailboxes. That that takes that takes a little bit of effort, you know, and uh, some strength and a, a really good sledgehammer to do that. Yeah, yeah. So that that was messed up when that happened. But other than other than that experience, uh, <laughs> you know, I'm 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 all right. You know getting into that transitional period at work and a bunch of people are, I might've talked about this already, but a lot of people are uh, getting ready to go back to school at work. And so it's that sort of weird, but I don't feel as, as weird about it as, as I would before. Um, just been uh, trying to pass the time as well. Oh, I should talk about this um, though. We might talk about it later, but I'll briefly mention it now and then save the rest for that later. But um, I finally watched Elvis. Oh, yes. I finally watched Elvis. And I'll say this much. All right. And Joey knows this, and I'm sure Joey, to a certain extent, shares the sentiment. But when it comes to music biopics, I'm I'm not particularly a fan. Like, there's been some in the past I've enjoyed, but at the same time, it's like, there's reason, like, a movie like Dewey Cox exists and this isn't to disparage any real story of a musician or any particular person who happens to have a biopic, but especially music biopics, a lot of the stories are the same. They're all like cautionary tales of fame. It feels walk like the line, walk no. the line, um, uh, rocket man though. Rocket man was one of the better ones. I thought, mm-hmm. um, cause it's, cause, um, it's, it's, it's really just like undiscovered talent, um, enormous success, uh, drug use, fall off the wagon, sometimes recover, sometimes they die. Mm-hmm. The, and then, of course, at the end of the movie, we get the the text like, this is what the person's life was like later. Yep. Like, like even just like talking about movies based on real things or real people, and I don't, again, not to disparage uh, anything that happens in real life, because there's a lot of incredible things and miraculous and scary things that have happened in real life, you know, but when it comes to movies, I do tend to latch on more to the fictional, more to the fantastical type stuff. And, you know, when, when someone throws something on screen that feels like I can't, it doesn't exist, but like, I can believe that exists, you know, like that magical moment of suspension of disbelief. Like I, I, I live for moments like that in, in movies. And so I, I tend to like, not, I do enjoy quite a bit of, real story movies but uh i tend to just be like okay well like foot like sports dramas i'm like they're all kind of the same yeah you know what i was thinking about too is that they all follow the same structure but they also try to cram an entire person's life into yeah. a two-hour thing yeah i think about um not that it's a music biopic but like lincoln i think is one mm-hmm. of the better ones because it focuses on one aspect of lincoln's life is one period, yeah. Just one, you know, trying to pa- pass the amendment, you know, and um, 
like I'm sure there were people who were disappointed because there are people who do enjoy that sort of book report style, that book report style kind of movie where it's like, oh, goes from when they're a little boy and then they get older, they fall in love, they get older, the greatest hits. You know, the irony, though? Of of the, of the Lincoln movie is that the previous Lincoln movie before that was the Vampire Hunter one, and that one does cover his whole life. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But it also one, falls into yeah. it falls into what you, what you were saying. <laughs> you like the fantastical uh, elements of these things. It's it's trying to pull me. It's boring me with it's like let's do everything, but it's also like but there's vampires. But there's vampires, guys. <laughs> like that makes it different. Um, but having said all that. I did. I did get a kick out of Elvis. I think it was, um, it was very well made. It was very fantastical, and that it felt like it was. It felt like there was a point when Elvis was talking about like I never got, I never got to make the film that I always wanted to make, you know. And then it's like here's Baz Luhrmann giving Elvis that movie he always wanted, I guess, to be in. Not that he was an actor, but there was a point when he was when that was a big part of his life. Um, obviously. Austin Butler, I agree with everybody. He's incredible. It's funny to watch him do interviews now because I don't think he's lost his Elvis voice. No, like yeah, he like he still he still has a bit of that draw in there. Um, and then of course Tom Hanks. Whoa, <laughs> it's whoa. weird. It's, it's so weird. It's weird, but uh, I, I I like it. <laughs> <laughs> I was he is so a, happy. He is a super villain. I was so happy that, the, that like I was able to finally share that clip with you on uh, of uh, on Twitter. He's, he's white. white. He's, he, he's white. He's white. <laughs> like that's a scene in the movie. <laughs> yeah. It, but uh, but also like again, it, it tries to squeeze in everything. <laughs> it oh, it really does. Like. <laughs> It really tries to squeeze it in there, but it does. It does at the very least give you like highlight moments to really like sell because because the whole movie is really from like the perspective of the of Colonel Parker, mm-hmm. and so Elvis's life is very much like uh, a montage in many respects. But it's a it's a roller coaster, you know. When you really yeah. think about it, like th- there's so many weird things you can point out in Elvis's um, Elvis's life, for one. And Elvis had also had different looks when you think about it too. And Austin Butler and the costuming and makeup team and all that were able to pull that off as well. Very well. Um, I thought it was got really compelling towards the second half of the movie, um, where he was in the Las Vegas like residency of sorts, the international part. The international, yeah, yeah, and um, because you really, th- I mean, we'll get to it if we ever talk about Elvis, but like the idea of like, you know, people taking advantage of talent, yeah, and like you know, just making money off of that person and basically trying to make sure that that is always just churning, churning out stuff, basically, like going from being. Uh, someone who can it's it's like it's you know i think a lot of workers can reflect that too it's like you're good at something so they're gonna try to factory process that skill mm-hmm. without thinking about you're a person <laughs> so but no i i had i got a kick out of it it definitely falls into some of those cliches but even for just being like a, a music biopic the way that it is it, it, i did get a kick it is it is very much the speed racer of mm-hmm. uh <laughs> of uh 
of mu- of the music biopic genre, and I I, t- I say that as a high compliment. And I also say too, Baz Luhrmann's the perfect person to handle that kind of thing. Oh yeah. Now, that's that's all I gotta say. But now I wanna I wanna get to this double feature. We're actually it's sort of similar to um, our last episode. This is kind of also a triple feature, but we're really focusing on two movies. But we're, we will um, sort of wheel into uh, sort of ride into another one. But um, we're talking about um, fairy tales. Yeah. This week. A little bit of a little bit of fairy tale magic. Um, but not necessarily like, you know, what you would expect. You know, we're talking about movies that sort of satirize fairy tales. Um there's so, well, at least the, the first one is, is is categorized as one, but you can almost you can also look at it as just like a great adventure fairy tale type movie. Yeah, I would say it's a it's 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 not so much a satire, but more maybe subversive. Yeah. What is that first movie? The first movie, I'm going to read the book title, and you'll know what the movie is. All right, let's see here. Um, <laughs> the Princess Bride, S. Morgenstern's classic tale of true love and high adventure. The Good Pods version by William Goldman. <laughs> There's the, Listening to that, I'm like, I clearly know he's Peter Falk, and it's a good Peter Falk, but I'm also like, he sounds like, like an old Grindhouse movie trailer voice. <laughs> Coming soon to theaters. The Coming princess so- Buttercup. She ain't so sweet no more. <laughs> Action, suspense, romance. Uh, one more thing. <laughs> Kissing. Um, okay, so if it wasn't clear, we are talking about uh, the Rob Reiner directed The Princess Bride, which. Um, you you might it might be one of your favorite movies, or you might be somebody, Wallace Shawn, who is so sick and tired of hearing the quotes, <laughs> and just like I am fed up with this. Please stop talking about it. And um, unfortunately for you, we're gonna keep talking about it for the next like forty minutes. Yeah. So deal with it. I guess that's all I can tell you. Um. No, but. It's actually amaz- amazing. Um, I just want to talk about the the writer William Goldman mm-hmm. wrote this screenplay, and he wrote a number of um, number of great screenplays. I mean, all the pre- like the guy who wrote all the President's Men also wrote The Princess Bride, but not even just that. He is adapting his own book. Which listen that 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 can be a hit or miss. I mean, it it really can. It can. Yes. Like you know what? Oddly enough, I think uh, I mentioned Abraham Lincoln Vampire Hunter. I love the book. Seth Graham Smith's book is so much fun to read, and there's a lot of great moments. The movie, on the other hand, which was also uh, written by Seth Graham Smith, um, it's it's it, you know it's it's a thing. <laughs> it's not great. It's got some moments, but that's it. Yeah, you know. Yeah, and uh, or I think of you know this is probably the only time we're ever going to bring this person up, but J.K. Rowling. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, she wrote books that were incredibly successful. <laughs> and uh, then she wrote the screenplay for Fantastic Beast movies. And, you know, we're, you know we've seen where those have gone. <laughs> I'll say this much. The first one... The first one's not bad. I, I, it's not a bad movie. And I'm speaking as somebody... 
as I as I've said, um, <laughs> I might past. even just drop I might drop the sound bite in here just to <laughs> hammer home that point. I fucking hate Harry Potter. Um, but it's hard. Writing is hard, and adapting adapting is a very hard thing. People, it's pe- different people, mediums. It's a different medium. People like got really confused why Little Women got re got nominated for adapted screenplay, the Greta Gerwig one, and it's like. It's a hard thing to adapt something that people have known and loved. And this was a book people knew and loved. Um, you know, and especially if it's your own book, you know, you're going to be like very, you want to be protective of your baby. But I think um, the screenplay William Goldman has, um, I think it is, uh, to quote the title, the good pots version. I've never <laughs> read the book, but I just wanted to say that. <laughs> the we're only doing the good patch. Um, That's it. But I, you know, this was a movie that I don't think it was that successful when it came out. Like, it was on a budget of $16 million, it made about $31 million um, at the box office. This is one of those examples of, like, home video making something into sort of a cult classic or a classic. Um, because there are people out there where like, okay, this did, maybe wasn't like the biggest hit in theaters, but then it comes on home video and it becomes a thing that people watch over and over and over again. It has revival screenings. My brother and I went to one of those screenings, um, which had a Q and a, you know, Q and a with Carrie Elwes. Yes. I, you met Carrie Elwes. Yeah. I did meet, I meet, uh, this whole episode, by the way, is dedicated to Mike, uh, cause he loves all the movies that are featured here today. Listen, um, I love Mike. Yeah. Besides, besides your mom, he's my favorite, DeAngelis. I can, I can, I can. <laughs> <that>. sure. Um, <laughs> but you know, this is something that is is so beloved, and you know, with anything that gets like that much love, does it deserve it? Well, Richard and I rewatched The Princess Bride the other day, and mm-hmm. um, I think we say yes. But let's talk about this movie. When did you first see The Princess Bride? Um. Honestly, pro- like I, there's because it was definitely one of those movies that you would hear about a lot. Like, you know, oh my god, you got to watch Princess Bride. Like people would quote it all the time. Like, oh, inconceivable. Like that, the whole the whole shtick, as you wish, all that stuff. And there'd be times in the past where I would try to watch it, and you know, whatever that whenever like it takes me a second to get to movies that people recommend to me, <laughs> or like movies that you hear word of mouth of, like. Not, not to, you know, say that they're not good. It's just that it takes you a second, you know, because mm-hmm. especially if you hear about it so much, you just get annoyed. You're like, I get it. Everyone likes this. Blah. Like, I can I can see that admittedly happening to, like, everything ever all at once, you know, because yeah. that movie's so good. And, you know, we praise it so much. Um, but, like, I can see someone just going, I get it. You like this movie. <laughs> yep. Mm-hmm. Like, there's just there's just a point after you hear about a movie so much that you're just like I I don't want I don't I don't care at all to want to watch this immediately but I'll get to it eventually and that's kind of what Princess Bride was for me uh, for a while and then it wasn't really until the Criterion Blu-ray came out that I finally was like okay this is a good excuse to finally sit down and watch this so I watched it and I was like yeah I get it <laughs> this is, yeah this is, this is really good. Um, it was super funny. Uh, tons of amazing characters. Um, I love the framing device of of the grandpa and his grandson reading a book to him, and I love the framing device of it being a boy. 
and that that sort of like you know oh it's a kissing book but then he starts reading it you know that was that was something that was very prevalent i think in the 90s too as it was in the 80s where it was like trying to sell something that initially might seem like a quote-unquote and i hate to use this term now but girly book (laughs) quote unquote um and then be like, nah, 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 there's a lot of cool stuff in this book. Yeah, there's kissing, but who cares? There's, there's, there's tons of stuff in it. Yeah. So that was kind of, that's kind of a, a good a good way to frame a story like this. Like, yeah, it's it's incredibly romantic. It's like it's like getting anyone into Shakespeare, even. Mm-hmm. You know, like, there's a lot of romance in some Shakespeare. There's a lot of death and betrayal and ghosts. Like, there's some, there's some scary shit in a Shakespeare story. Yeah, and it can also yeah. be really funny, too. You know, there's They're a lot very of things... Funny. I mean, I, I just think this is one of those movies I think about. One mo- other movie I can think about is, like, The Wizard of Oz mm-hmm. or the Disney Beauty and the Beast where it is something that is probably, like, aimed at girls on some level, mm-hmm. but it's got a lot in it. It's got a lot to offer in it. It's, like, this is one of the funniest movies I've ever seen, I, I, I would have to say. Just, like, I think about Wallace Shawn's character in the movie. <laughs> Um, who is not in it very long, but no, he's probably the most iconic part of the movie. He leaves. Arguably. He he leaves the strongest impact of everybody. Like, like you don't start a land war in Asia, <laughs> <laughs> or just again, just you know, I think the word inconceivable is immediately tied to Princess Bride. I don't yes. think that word means what you think it means. <laughs> or um, uh, you don't bet against Sicilian when death is on the line <laughs> um, like just just so many like so many funny lines um in the movie but it, it but you're able to still feel the emo- the genuine emotions and stuff like uh, like it's a love story you know between yeah. with, with with Wesley and Buttercup uh Carrie Lewis <laughs> and Robin Wright um what, and what a duo and it's it, and they're able to make it like it works even though you don't it's not like oh they just but like they they're able to set it up like okay and over time they, they whenever he said as you wish what he, he really, really meant meant was i love, love you, you. <laughs> ew grandpa it's gross Where, i like how he's like where's the sports <laughs> like, i hate you kid i hate you so much where's the sports oh man um, stupid bear shirt <laughs> but there there are so many um so many great characters in this movie it's i mean anego uh, montoya Inigo, from the start he, like, he's probably the best character <laughs> he is the best character honestly you know just he's the most he's so polite first of all and he's so he's so charming and so dashing it's like it's funny because like i think of wesley and i think wesley is also very charming especially when he's the dread pirate roberts but um, he's also kind of an asshole. <laughs> like, like, like he's 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 kind of a dick a lot of the time in the movie. But it's it he he's able to pass because because uh, because he's very charming about it, and he's not like mean spirited with his dickishness. But it's definitely there, mm. you know. Whereas Enega Montoya, I think, has nothing but like kind hearted charm, even though his whole shtick is I'm trying to kill this six fingered dude that killed my dad. <laughs> yep. You know, like I love I love that um Wesley's stuck on the the side of the mountain or whatever and he's like 
dude, I can help you up. He's like, I'm fine. Leave me alone. I got this. <laughs> no, it's cool. I'll, here, I'll, I'll throw you a rope. And he's like, throw me a rope. And then, and then, like, they just have a nice talk. He's like, let me catch your breath before we sword fight, before I have to kill you. <laughs> see, I also, I mean, obviously there's a lot of genuine, like, you want to see him get revenge. But also, I love, one of my favorite lines is like, see, there's not a lot of money in the revenge business. <laughs> Why don't it you try piracy? Doesn't, doesn't pay the, it doesn't pay the bills, you know. It doesn't pay the bills, now. Um, You know, but he's a great character. And, like, when you see him, like, at the very end, it, it's a moment I clap at every time. I want you to bring back my father, you son of a bitch. <laughs> when when he kills when he kills the dude, um, uh, the six six fingered guy. But I also really love at the end um, one of the best lines, and I think this is one of Mandy Patinkin's line favorite lines. You know, I've been in the revenge I've been in the revenge business for so long. I don't know what to do with the rest of my life. How about you try piracy? <laughs> <laughs> um, but also going off that gang, I mean, Andre the Giant also. So fun. So lovable in the movie, too. So yes. lovable. Like, um, really a great example of, like, how to use, a, like, a wrestler, uh, wrestler, you know, you know, personality in a movie. I I I remember the bit because he's such he's a huge guy. Obviously, I mean the names the names no joke. He was a very big dude, and I remember the bit when Wesley is like seventy five percent dead, and he's like having to hold his head, and I'm like look at look at Carrie Elwes's head in Doctor the Giant's <laughs> hand. Be like, good God, he could crush his head. He could crush him if he wanted to. Yes. He, was, he was he was he was a lo- he was a lovable gentle giant of a character. And uh, I still think one of my favorite bits is when he like lightly taps someone on the head, and they, the the albino guy on the head, and yes. he just falls over. <laughs> uh, I love that character. Yeah, and I also love when he's rhyming. <laughs> and a peanut. <laughs> Anybody want a peanut? Anybody ah! want a peanut? <laughs> ah! Stop it! <laughs> No, uh, you know the character of uh, of Fezzik is uh, is great. Um, oh yeah, obviously. I do like I do like our two leads though. Like yes, yeah. You do like there are a lot of stories where you go okay, like you're like you're like you're like the little boy. You're like this is the boring part, but <laughs> you do care. You do care about um, you do care about Leslie and and Buttercup. The whole opening scene when you know the grandpa's reading about you know buttercup being on the farm with the farm boy like and every time he looks at her it says as you wish you know the whole uh coded phrase um it is genuinely romantic mm-hmm. honestly just it is genuinely like exciting to see those two together and anytime carrie elvis looks at um robin wright you're like oh i feel it I feel it. I feel it in my bones. Mm-hmm. These two are in love. It's fantastic. And then, of course, he leaves. And then immediately I thought of Cricket on the Hearth. Yeah. <laughs> um, it was also cool. Obviously, people always comment on this when they, we see Robin Wright in Wonder Woman. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a nice, like, hey, it's or like the they also, also show like um, Carrie Fisher. It's like my princesses have now become like generals. <laughs> you know, which, is, which is kind of a nice, um, nice change of pace. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously her character, like she speaks out for herself. You know, but she's also very much like the, the archetype. Yeah. Um. You know. Uh. She plays it well, though. Um. 
I do. Uh, Humperdink. I mean, Humperdink. Okay. Humperdink. Like, the, the fact, uh, I get the hum- name Humperdink is hilarious, but it's even funnier is that I didn't realize till recently there's a singer with the last name Humperdink. <laughs> it's not funny. It's, it's a great name. It's a family um, name. Uh, C- Chris, Chris Sarandon uh, is great. Chris as, Sarandon. Oh, my God. As the villain. It's it's funny, like, Chris Randon's one of those actors I never realized I grew up with. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know, he's in this movie, he's great, he, um, people might know him from Fright Night uh, as the vampire neighbor, like, the main antagonist of that movie, he's very good in Fright Night. Sure. But, like, you know, I grew up with the Chucky movies, and he's, like, the main cop in the first Chucky movie. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I'm like, oh! And it's also the, the mom from Seventh Heaven I realize it's in that movie as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, holy shit, I remember her from Seventh Heaven. I never watched the show, but there she is. Um, and uh, then, of course, for many people, um, especially people from my generation, and many uh, goers to the store Hot Topic might know Chris Sarandon as the speaking voice of Jack Skellington. So there you go. I mean, Danny Elfman does the singing, and people might know that more. But yeah, uh, without Chris, though Chris Sarandon, oddly enough, did do the singing for Jack Skellington. I think in the Nightmare Before Christmas video game that came out um, in like oh, the two wow. thousands. Yeah, oh, that's interesting. So, so he's listen. Don't don't sleep on Chris Sarandon. <laughs> See, I also just love him in this movie. I love when like Wesley's like threatening him, and then like he's told to sit down, and he has the whole like. <laughs> He just pulls the cape and sits down. He's like, oh, you were bluffing. I, I, just, I knew you were bluffing. It's but fine. I also love how much he hates the fact that um, Buttercup and Wesley have true love. You know, I think about that machine that, like, takes, like, time oh, off your that life. Machine. I hate that, it. Uh, if I saw that as a kid, I don't think I would... I, I, would, always, I would never fall asleep because I'd have nightmares about that. But, like... I, I even now, I think, who, who would make a, anything like that? Like, I know it's, like, a fantasy thing, but what what sicko would make a machine that cruel? That's it's true. But, like, um, he, it doesn't even happen once in a century. Once in a century, you know, it's, like, so hard to find true love. But also, speaking on that, this movie, obviously everybody talks about the comedic jokes and Inigo Montoya and Princess Buttercup and Peter Falk, <laughs> um, you know, but... I think one thing that gets overlooked, this can be scary sometimes. This is, it can be, like, if you're a little kid, I, I'm not saying, like, you know, but, like, if you're, like, a young kid, you see, like, the e- the shrieking eels, you know. With the teeth. Or the, the rodents of unusual size. Ugh. You know, and the like. Fa- like, it, 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 not, it, like, chops at Wesley. And there were a lot of, like, fantasy movies, like, different, like, different kinds of fantasy movies, like, in the 80s, and I feel like this is, like. I think it's head and shoulders, like the best of those movies. Obviously, like the script is amazing. The right. cast is um, the cast is superb um, in this one. We even talk about. I mean, he, he, Miracle Max, uh, Billy Crystal. Um, yeah, you know, Billy uh, Crystal, about, Carol Kane yes, as the Kane. as that couple. Yeah, yes, they're so they're, they're really fun. <laughs> it's so fun. <laughs> <laughs> the makeup oh. effects on them too are incredible. No, I I agree. Yes, um, yeah. Espe- especially too, considering that like, there's some moments where you can see that this is not like a gigantic movie. Like one of my favorite like things is when like after Wesley does like his neat flip in the sword fight with Anigo, 
he you he you see the mat that he lands on like underneath the the, set, the dirt, um, yeah. which is you know it, I don't have a problem with it. It's just you know it's just I think it adds to the charm of um of the piece, or like when um Andre the Giant is climbing that rope to get to the top of yes. that, and you can see the, you can see the wire yes. pulling him yep. up. It's okay. Uh, but Rob Reiner though directed like a bunch of good movies, like when you really when you really think about it. Um, mm-hmm. it is like, I'm just going to like pull this up real quick just to give you an idea. Obviously Harry, uh, when Harry met Sally, right. Misery. When Harry met Sally. A few good men. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, this is spinal tap, you know, he's, he, he's directed a lot of movies that have iconic quotes in them. Yes. You notice that? Mm-hmm. Like I'll have what she's having. You can't handle the truth as you wish, but it's 11. just a lot of oh you've been a dirty birdie i think of that one sometimes (laughs) (laughs) yes um like that that's very good um but there are moments like i've we said this is not a satire but there are moments where i feel like it's a few steps away from being it like where it's just like i i think about anyway we talked about this and i think about druidia when like uh the princess is getting married, but and I think of when we're introduced to Robin Wright as as the princess, like Buttercup, you know, about for like the wedding or introduced to the people, and it's like, bam, 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 bam. <laughs> <laughs> or there was one, there was one bit that that felt like it could have been taken from like a Mel Brooks movie. This is something Joey and I notice when like they're falling down the cliff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and she falls with him. As you <laughs> wish, Wesley. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's like that. That felt like it was out of Spaceballs or something. Oh, yeah. <laughs> uh, that was funny. Oh man, yeah that that was funny. Um, I think the 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 the, the, the sword fight with Anigo and uh, and Wesley is quite good. Um. There's there's so many there's so many like great adventure moments like that too like obviously you know it's in the, it's in the was it the mid eighties late eighties eighty seven eighty seven um so you know obviously there's there's not like a whole hell of a lot of like computer effects that they can add in later like they can these days but um there was definitely you know a lot of great practical effects it's movies like this that remind you how fun sets can be yeah you know like i remember the other day i was watching the mighty morphin power rangers movie with with our friend uh wikey uh hi wikey and um there's a scene when they're on this island to try to reclaim their power of the the power of the power rangers and um they're on this like this like uh what do you call it? It's like a ceremony spot or whatever. It looks like there's like a ruins or something. And the sky is just a giant black tarp. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And anytime the light gets a little bit too bright, you can see like the folds in the tarp. And I kind of appreciated it a little bit, you know? I mean, think about the the fire swamp dude in this movie. And -hmm. I also love, of course, we've talked about it a couple times, like the cliffs, like uh, where like, you know, they climb up and then when like Anigo and um, Wesley have their sword fight. Um, I mean, I also like anytime. Yes. He moves past. I like, yeah, the fire swamp is awesome. The fire swamp is pretty great. I love the boats in this movie. I think they're so yes. 
they're just so beautiful. And there's like some shots where they, you see the boat that they're on and it's out in the water. And I'm like, man, I'd love to have like a painting of that. And it's such, such a perfect like fairy tale um, kind of thing. And like a fairy tale, it doesn't, it like a good fairy tale doesn't overstay its welcome. This thing's like 98 minutes, I think, or something around there. It is, it is not very long and it has a happy ending a ha- for both our characters and grandpa and yes you know why because grandpa gets to leave his stupid little kid <laughs> but he has to come he has to come back the next day richard and damn it um read it again that's right shit you know but i do i also really appreciated uh that the, the grandpa relation because i think about my grandpa when i was a kid like we were very close mm-hmm. um he would read me stories and stuff um so that's what my grandma would do for me i remember anytime i was sick I would get a bowl of chicken noodle soup, and she would read me Little Bear. Nice. I like Little Bear. Little Bear. And then it makes me think of like uh, like the Nick Junior like ad for it, Little Bear. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, no, you know, I was also just mixing it up with for a second, like corduroy. Mm-hmm. You know, there's another uh. Little Bear. Um, but I think I think it really does capture that where you're like when you're a kid, and your parents want to show you something. And, and like, there are cases where you don't like it, but then there are other cases yeah. where you're like, man, can we do that again? Like, now I'm just picturing, like, the same movie, but my mom showing me Pulp Fiction <laughs> at five. Oh, my God. <laughs> Which is a true story still. You know, yeah. I mean, uh, Princess Bride is Princess great, Bride's though. a great freaking movie. It's also on Disney Plus if you don't want to get the, the Blu-ray. Um... <sighs> You know what? What was the, the the one line that always sticks out to me is like the weirdest line. Mm. I don't think it's a flaw, but it's like, what <laughs> is it? it oh the, yeah, like, like the like when when Buttercup's about to commit suicide, and he's like, it'd be a shame to damage like perfect breasts, and I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, it makes sense for Wesley to say, but it's also just like compared to a lot of the rest of the dialogue in this movie. That's where his dickishness comes out a little bit too much. I mean, listen. I feel like, I feel like he was he was treading a line <laughs> with some of it, and then, then he he stumbled a little bit on that one. Um, it's very rare to have perfect breasts in this world. <laughs> so I'd hate, it'd be a shame for you to ruin yours. Listen, he's at, <laughs> listen. He was out to sea for five years. <laughs> he's, he was seventy five percent dead at the time. He had to he assume it. a new identity. <laughs> he thought he was gonna die every morning. Uh, good job, Wesley. I might kill you in the morning. <laughs> he's gone through a lot, so it's, it makes sense that he's a little messed up. Listen, listen. Honestly, compared to most people, he's pretty okay. He just has a, a weird <laughs> comment from time to time. Listen, he's a little perverted. That's all. A little bit, but it's. But you know what, Richard? It's still true love, and it's still it, true. That's love. really hard to find, and it's truly hard to find perfect movies. And I think Princess Bride is yes. one of those perfect movies. I think about Casablanca as an example of a movie where, you know, you love the characters. You, it's so quotable, so endlessly quotable, and like the grandpa, like like the kid, you just want to experience a story again and again. So that's why you know it's. Very rewatchable. So rewatchable. Just a just a fun, uh, such a fun blast. Um, if you've never seen it before, we certainly recommend it. And if you, oh yeah, if you haven't seen it in a while, I think it's time to, um, I think it's time to rewatch it. Listen, 
it's it's just fun it's fun it's got everything you want in a movie it's got romance it's got action it's got spooky scary stuff Mm -hmm. it's got lots of great comedy in it um so many memorable lines and characters it really is one of those movies that you know will stand the test of time i think i mean it has you know, it's 2022, and you know we're still talking about still it. Still talking about, and I think that's, um, it was sorry yeah. to interrupt you. Is in 2016, it was inducted into the uh, National Film Registry. There you go. Sorry. There you go. No, that's 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 it's important. It's an important movie. All right. With that said, we are going to wrap up on Jay Morgenstern's The Princess Bride, and uh, we're going to take a quick break there, Richard. When we come back. We're going to talk about ogres, donkeys, and, um, uh, uh, you know, gingerbread men. Well, you told me there was going to be sports! Uh, damn it! Tough cookies, kid. Stay tuned. I hate you, Grandpa! Now listen here, you little. WKTXC listener powered radio and it's almost September ladies and gentlemen break out those raincoats cuz it's gonna be a wet one according to the farmers almanac and wild now before I play this next song I'd like to address the controversy we got ourselves into two weeks ago over the past couple of years I've periodically done some charity work by letting Lamont Apple Juice Montgomery from Butter Sweets fame come in and visit the studio on Open Line Friday so he can promote his band. Now, I did not realize that Apple Juice was actually a well-known murderer. Needless to say, I now know that I was wrong in having him on the show, and believe me, I've read your hate mail from the last show, and I promise that Lamont Montgomery will never set foot in this studio again. Now that we've got that out of the way, let's get back to the tunes. And it looks like we've got a caller on the line. What the? Not so fast! Mr. Montgomery, please, as your legal advisor, I must insist that we leave immediately. Now calm yourself down, Doyle. I aim to set the record straight here. Hey, wait a minute. I've got a restraining order on you. You can't set foot within 50 meters of the building. I'm gonna call the police. Go ahead. They ain't gonna arrest me. Mr. Montgomery, as your lawyer, I feel I should inform you that the police will arrest you if you set foot within 50 meters of the building. And the law states... I have no regard for the law. All right, that's it. I'm calling the police. And don't you dare touch anything. And I swear on my mother's grave. I won't spend any of my records while you're gone. Listen, Lamont, we need to leave now. This is serious. Do me a favor and stuff it, Doyle. That dumb Dora left me all alone with all this free airtime. But you swore on your mother's grave, uh, Mr. Lamont. Ah, uh, she's been dead for 50 years and she won't know the difference. <coughs> ah. It's a little nervous. Test. Test. Is this thing on? Put on the headphones. <laughs> oh, oh, silly me. 
There we go. Yes, yes, now I can hear myself nice and clear. Howdy, folks. It's me, Lamont Montgomery, and my legal representative, Doyle St. Doyle. Hello. And I've come here today to tell you all that I'm a very nice man. Uh, no comment, no comment. Stop interrupting me, please. Why did you anyway, hire me? A very friendly and warm sort of cuddly fella who just wants to spread love and peace with beautiful music that I've written all by myself with no help from anyone. Um, I don't think you should... Um, but it's it's the truth. I know I've done everything for this I, band. I, I think we need to discuss this a little further, uh, Mr. Montgomery. Right, what, what do you think I should say? What, do you, what, 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 what is your advice? Uh, I think you should get off the microphone and leave. Well, that's not going to work for me. In fact, as a reminder of how beautiful and timeless my music is, I've brought with me a song I wrote for the Buttersweets back in 1989 called Buttercup Police. Now, I wrote and submitted this song to be the main theme song for the smash hit film The Princess Bride, but unfortunately it was too ahead of its time and the studio executives gave me quite a stern talking to, to which Princess Bride was 87. Listen! It doesn't matter, it's just for that movie. I don't think you should proceed. Anyway, I consider this song to be a darling little ditty. And I think when I play it, you'll see how wrong you were about me as a person. Oh gosh. I'm actually a real treat. And this song stands as a monument to my brilliance. So now, without further ado, here it is, Buttercup, please. Buttercup. Wasn't that just a darling little number? Now for my next selection. 
Okay, here they are, officer. Okay, everybody get on the ground. Officer, my client would like to remain silent. Now hold on! Okay, just put your hand, hands behind your back. You can't arrest me, I'm an old man. Oh jeez, I didn't know there was a rule against arresting old people. Uh, you're free to go. What? That's more like it. And another thing. I advise you to remain silent. I'm gonna sue! I advise you to remain silent. Sue you for every nickel you're worth, sir. No good day. Bye! Gee, what a nice old man. Hey, is it still open line Friday? I mean, yeah, I guess, but... Can I make a request? <sighs> okay, whatever. What do you want to hear? Can you play Girlfriend for Christmas by Tex Ritter? And the Butter Sweets. Please? It's my birthday. Ugh. Okay, fine. Well, folks, a birthday present for Officer John. Here it is, Girlfriend for Christmas. Welcome back to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. In our last segment, we talked about the Princess Bride. Now we are talking about another uh, couple, actually. We're we're focusing on one, but a couple of fantasy movies. Um, Joey, what is the seminal classic we're talking about? We're talking about the DreamWorks animated motion picture, Shrek. Oh, yeah. Shrek. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Listen, and this movie is interesting because this is a movie that came out in our lifetimes. Yes, mo- 2001. 2001. I distinctly remember um, seeing this movie twice in theaters. The second time was in August because, you know, back in the day, like Top Gun Maverick, movies used to play for a while before they went to home video. Um, and... I remember it because that was around the time when my family moved. We moved houses. We didn't move. It wasn't like a far move or anything like that, but we moved. It was a big deal, you know? Um, So I associate Shrek with that year a lot. And it was also weirdly enough because to mark time, this was before 9-11 as well. Yeah. This is a little bit before, a little bit before 9-11. Yeah. You know? Yeah. I, I remember when I was a kid, I saw it in theaters. I remember being so excited for it. I got the toys. Mm-hmm. The, the Shrek toy was like one of the coolest toys. The dragon. Ever. The dragon was a really cool dragon toy. was so cool. Um, like they were like pretty detailed too for being like, yeah, it was, it was, was kind of wild how cool those toys were. And I remember at the time, like my parents were trying to like do like a, like they're trying to teach me the value of earning things. And so like, if I did, homework or chores or anything around the house i would earn um 
what what did we use like pinto beans or some kind of bean i don't know and if i if i earned enough beans that i can get like a toy that was sitting on top of the fridge eventually after like a month they gave up and i was just able to keep the toys mm-hmm. <laughs> um because i think i just i don't know i think i'm just a lazy piece of shit sometimes but uh <laughs> speaking as somebody who's worked with you on a podcast i would disagree with that immensely you do a, you... thank you i appreciate that but anyway <laughs> it's, uh, there's definitely days though i'll tell you that oh, yeah, um no, for sure but, but, um, but no, I do remember, uh, that was one, of, I think that was one of the first things that I could earn because I remember also like when the mummy returns, cause I think the mummy returns was coming out around the same time or maybe a little bit before. And I remember that was another toy that I was trying to earn was the mummy returns, a little Brendan Fraser toy. And, uh, so I, I just distinctly remember owning the Shrek toys and thinking that initial Shrek. I might still have it somewhere. I don't know, but I just remember loving that toy. I even had the one where um, he can put the helmet on and be the knight. Yeah, I had that too. That one was that one was cool. Like he pushed his ears in so the helmet could fit, which makes makes me think like, does that how it works in the movie? <laughs> like, because his ears. Never mind. Um, but. Uh, yeah, I just remember the toys really well, but I also just remember watching that movie all the time. Like I had the VHS and I had the uh uh you know, I had the toys and I remember like we would play it in class sometimes, like whenever it came out, like, "Oh, we're going to watch Shrek today." It was like a, it was like it was like a end of the year treat was watching Shrek. And I remember watching the sequel in theaters and then that was kind of where my 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 time with Shrek kind of ended. But obviously Shrek continued, and even to this day, Shrek like is still as relevant as it was, I think, in 2001, which is kind of insane to think about, because there hasn't been a Shrek movie for 12 years. And it's relevant for the reasons that they could not have anticipated back in 2001. Um, to also um, talk about it, William Stieg, um, I think is the author's name, who wrote Shrek! Exclamation <laughs> <laughs> mark. Shrek! I always forget. I always forget about that. That it was based on a based on a book. Um, yeah, it's it's weird to think about that, especially because of the nature of the the movie and and what it is. It feels weird that it's based on something. But I think that also ties back into what it's satirizing. So because obviously, if you know Shrek, you know that it's sort of poking fun at Disney fairy tales, uh, specifically yeah. hard 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 yeah really hard um, yeah. which we'll get to that in a second but i think that just kind of speaks to that because i remember i think i talked about this we talked about puss and boots we had a whole unit in our library class we had like a library class we were in elementary school mm-hmm. where our teacher our library teacher our librarian was trying to impress on us that disney didn't create all this shit it was it, these were all stories that were told over and over and over again you know, and uh, the Disney versions were not the only versions and try to encourage us to read that kind of thing. And yeah, um, that's so good. I think Shrek, ironically enough, has fallen into that where <laughs> if you ask most 90% of people, I don't think they would be able to tell you that it was based on a book. Um, yeah, they, they think of Shrek, they're like, oh, you know, Mike Myers, Mike Myers, or if you're a kid today, you probably haven't even seen Shrek and you think of the memes online of Shrek. Oh my God, that, that. Is I didn't I, I totally forgot about it until I was sending I was gonna send a funny gift to to Joey to because we were both watching Shrek and uh, some of the gifts man 
there's like wow like that's that's a me that's a that's a that's a part of the meme culture because like if you've listened to the show you know i'm not a huge meme person but like the shrek stuff that went like rampant Mm -hmm. that got that got deep there was one i randomly saw um shadow from sonic the hedgehog making out with shrek Mm -hmm. yeah like all right that sounds about right yeah yeah or like one where Shrek is like making some face, but his teeth and his eyes are like dangling, dangling out of his head. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, okay. <laughs> or like Shrek acting like the main character from San Andreas yeah. from the video game. But it's weird because we grew up with Shrek, so we're able to, yeah. we're able to separate Shrek the meme from what the thing actually is. And, you know, so I'm able to enjoy... That's I'm amazed that I'm able to enjoy the first two Shrek movies as much as I do. Um, but going into the actual movie, um, you know, it's the story of an ogre, right? An ogre, <laughs> yes. Yeah, he likes... Ditch Futch, which, fun fact, I don't know if you know this, mm. not to not to completely no, no, divert, no, no, but there was, there was a point when Mike Myers did his regular voice when he was voicing Shrek, and it wasn't working. Mm-hmm. And he, his, he's, he has his, I think his mom is Scottish. Okay. And, um, so, you know, he decided to, you know, try the Scottish accent and it worked out a lot better. So fun fact, though, though, even more so what's crazy is Chris Farley was actually going to be the voice of Shrek. And he recorded most of his dialogue before he passed away. Cause this project was in development for Steven Spielberg was going to produce this as a traditionally animated movie at one point. Yeah. And then the, the rights were sold to DreamWorks. You know, all this stuff happened and we finally got this movie. But we have Shrek the Ogre, who loves being alone, loves being disgusting, loves being in his swamp. In What are you doing in my swamp? And, um, you know, the, like Lord Farquaad, played by um, John, John Lithgow... <laughs> Um, is clearing out all the all the fairy tale <laughs> characters out of the enchanted forest, right? And um, Lord Farquaad is looking for uh, a pr- a princess so he could become a, the king, a ruler, King Farquaad, King Farquaad. Um, and uh, so he enlists the help of Shrek and Shrek's noble and uh, comedic steed, steed Donkey. <laughs> Played by Eddie Murphy, <laughs> and uh, they rescue who talks? Who talks? He's talking donkey. You know, I mean, it'd be it'd be pretty weird if Eddie Murphy was just in the movie going, yeah, And they you might have seen a house fly, maybe even a super fly, <laughs> but you ain't never seen a donkey fly. <laughs> um, and they rescue the princess, uh, Princess Fiona, played by played by Cameron Diaz. Cameron Diaz. Um, my my one of my first crushes growing up. Yes, one of my first celebrity crushes. Um, so that's the uh. that's the basic gist of the story. There's obviously a lot that goes into it. We find out that Fiona sort of it turns into an ogre at night. Mm-hmm. You know, um, and uh, you know, eventually she and Fred, uh, not Fred, uh, <laughs> Fred the ogre. Who's Fred. <laughs> Oh, you know, Fred the Ogre. Um, He's the other guy. That's our off-brand uh, two dudes version. <laughs> what? What's your name? Uh, Fred. 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 Fred the Ogre. Um, no, Shrek and Fiona. Eventually, they develop feelings. You know, blah blah blah. And you know, 
Farquaad's trying to marry Fiona. The wedding doesn't happen. Farquaad. Yeah. So that's the <laughs> that's the whole story. That's the whole story. But uh, Shrek, this is still you know it's kind of crazy like how how like even outside of the memes how much this franchise like continued like the characters I think are really where we need to start off at Shrek is such a interesting character because when you have like a lead in an animated movie normally they're a human you know and a lot of these Disney print in like a Disney princess movie it's usually a goyle of some of some kind but it, it kind of almost makes me think of like a lot of Pixar movies where a lot of them, a lot of the stories are centered on middle-aged men's anxieties, anxieties on things, you know? Yeah. Um, yeah. So it feels like a Pixar movie in that, um, or at least an early Pixar movie in that respect, like something about like Incredibles or like Toy Story, you know, Monsters, Inc. Yeah. Um, and Shrek's a great character and he's just, he's so disgusting, but he loves it. He loves being gross. He loves, he loves the life in the swamp. Mm -hmm. He loves to brush his teeth with bug guts. He loves to eat eyeballs, fart in the river yep. so he can get some lunch. Mm -hmm. You know, it, you know, he loves mud. He loves, he loves his outhouse. He does. That is the first place we saw him in. Cause you know, funny, it's a funny movie. So we need to start off at the potty. Yes. Got to start off the potty. Got to start off the potty. At least, you know, you know what though? We don't, we never see characters going to the bathroom anymore. So it's nice that he is having a, a bowel movement and feeling good and, it's, yeah. it's truly the psycho of animated movies, you know? <laughs> um, but, like, Shrek, I think, is a great character. Sorry, I didn't... No, 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 you get, you get. I, I do agree, Shrek is a great Shrek character. Shrek is, is a great character, and I think, you know, he, ha he has feelings, he doesn't go on an emotional journey. Donkey, of course, I mean, Eddie Murphy, um, you know... Yeah. I mean, the, just the team of Eddie Murphy. I mean, you got two SNL greats, Eddie Murphy and Mike Myers. Um, you know, most people might know Mike Myers more from, like, Austin Powers or uh, Wayne's World. Those are some big ones. Um, but uh, I think I think many kids would probably know him more as Shrek. If they know him. Admittedly. If they if know they him. Know, because, if they know because him. Because Mike Myers, I mean, he's done things here and there. I know he's going to be in that Amsterdam movie mm -hmm. but like i he had he had a bit role in inglorious bastards right but i feel like he's it's one of those things now where you know i remember mike myers was everywhere for a period of time he was in the cat in the hat i mean there was love guru which i felt like that sort of like tanked things for for him a bit yeah um but like i feel like now if you ask people he's shrek yeah he, he's shrek he's shrek i mean even he he did that um pantaveret show on netflix okay. or whatever and there's a scene that, that that started going around the internet because there's um, there's a scene where one of his characters that he plays in the show I haven't heard I've I, I haven't seen the show but one of the characters he plays in the show um, is at this like um, European like m medieval looking festival called like um, where they talk about something called the ogre of the Brofnik mm -hmm. right and out of nowhere a guy in a Shrek suit with Mike Myers voice is is you know pretending to be shrek and so it's like oh my god it's a cameo from shrek right yeah 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 and uh like he says i am the real ogre of the brofnick now get out of my swamp <laughs> <laughs> and then um he's like oh thanks shrek you're welcome laddie and then you just hear um i think i'm a believer yeah the the smash mouth cover 
I'm a believe, you know, which is, it's the second time I think Mike Myers has used that song a third time now that he's used that in something. Um, but I do like Mike Myers and I do think he's, he's very good in the movie. And then Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy. is, you know, he's, he sort of had a similar situation, especially with Pluto Nash. Pluto Nash. <laughs> um, I mean, he did, uh, Dolomite. Not Dolomite. Not long ago. Not yeah. long ago. Um, you know, but he's uh, obviously the line I always remember in the morning. I'm making waffles, waffles, and just the like stupid grin on Donkey's face. <laughs> in the morning, I'm making waffles. Uh, but it's a, it's a fun dynamic between the two of them. Yes, you know, uh, Shrek yeah. just wants to go home. Donkey's like having a blast. What? <laughs> you know what that made me think of? Mm. Like I remember, like there'd be times we'd be talking, and you know, I think, I think we're both people that appreciate our privacy and appreciate like alone time. But I think you more than me are very much like, I like having a moment by myself. Yes. I am very yes. much like this. Yes. You're very much like, you know, I, I need to be, you know, alone for a little bit. And so I'm just picturing like someone kicking down your door. Like one, one of your friends, just like, Joey, <laughs> can I stay with you? <laughs> I, I've had situations like that. I do not wish to, and it doesn't involve Richard, so don't worry, folks. I've had yeah, some, I can't kick down a store. I'm in a different state. That's true. Um, <laughs> I do not wish to get into it. Um, <laughs> no, that's fine. But no, but, but that's what it made me think. But of. Eddie Murphy, Eddie Murphy's great, and he falls in love with a dragon, which is always fun. Which is great, though it did start off a little weird. Admittedly, <laughs> yes, I, I'm pretty sure there's a point that dragon licked his his wiener. Only because he says, "No, that's my ta- that's my personal tail. <laughs> You're gonna tear it off." Yeah, and that's uh, we'll get to that in a second. Um, and then uh, Fiona, I think, is great too. You know, she's mm-hmm. the, the princess they have to rescue, but she- but not but sh- they're doing it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> just like she's like, "No, this isn't supposed to be how it goes." Just, you didn't kill the dragon yet. <laughs> <laughs> but I also, but she also like knows the Matrix moves. Obviously, <laughs> she's a little gross herself. She, I love what when she's singing, uh, and to like she kills the bird, <laughs> the bird. She's like gets so high up there that the bird just. Yes. But you know what? Hey, the eggs were available. <laughs> you gotta eat. Um, you gotta eat. Gotta eat. Um, you know, so she's great. I mean, and before we get into the big like big like elephant in the room for this um the supporting characters are all pe- things that i'm sure if you've seen the movie you remember the gingerbread man you know not the buttons uh not my gumdrop buttons uh the gin um uh, i was about to say gingerbread man um the three little pigs are fun the, the blind mice are funny i was just th- which which mike myers is also the voice of one of those that's amazing so that's cool um and then pinocchio this, which we'll get to more in the second movie. <laughs> Pino- Pinocchio is like, like I think my favorite of like the him and him and Gigi are the best. My my personal favorite is the Big Bad Wolf. Um, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> what? It, it's just he's just like he's just trying to sleep. He's just trying to sleep. It's just re- they're really comfy in that nightgown and cap. It looks great. It looks great, but. Looks great. Um, what I like, I like, I like the second one. He's reading pigs illustrated. Pork illustrated. <laughs> Pork illustrated. <laughs> oh, but um, also before we get into the elephant, I got to talk about the humans in in this movie specifically. Yeah. Now, 
digital like animation has come like 3D animations come a long way. Like think about oh, when yeah. you watch the first I watched the first Toy Story not that long ago. And the toys look fine and all that. Like Yeah. Andy though. Andy and his mom and the and the baby Oof. rough. And all of Andy's friends are just Andy. Did you know that? Yeah. <laughs> They're just Andy. <laughs> They're just Andy. Um because it was Andy's so, got no friends. It was so hard, right? And it's and I was feeling I was hearing I mean not to, not to cut you off, no, no. but like that's why it took so long for Pixar to make a movie about real people. Yes, because if you look at this, like you look at a lot of those early Pixar movies, um, there's no human protagonists because they didn't really know how to approach it. Right. You know it 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 took them like when did when did the first Incredibles movie come? Two thousand four, actually. So it was two thousand four was when they were like okay, because they probably because they saw Shrek, were like okay, you know it doesn't look. <laughs> the worst so we could probably give it a try because they because in also in 2001 monsters inc you had boo you know yeah you're like that like a baby like toddler character so it's like whatever finding nemo has some people in it and i think they look okay the, like the rest of that movie by the way really holds up very well visually speaking <sighs> what a gorgeous freaking movie finding nemo is we got to get that on our show at some point Finding Nemo is a classic, it's a dude. Great. I feel like I relate to Marlin as a protagonist. <laughs> I feel like I relate to Dory a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> minus minus the short term memory loss. Is is Gifford I, is Gifford Nemo? Gifford's Nemo. Gifford is without Nemo. question. <laughs> which which I just want to say. Speaking of Gifford, kids kids dealing with COVID right now. Let's send some love to Gifford. Yes. I hope you're feeling well, much, my friend. Much love try to relax um anyway but yeah humans right and um you know this movie like and also too because this movie the way this movie was rendered because that what this wasn't at disney okay no and disney has a lot more rendering power with this kind of thing so like even a movie like toy story can still look pretty good this this movie like it's so weird because i was remembering like <laughs> films at home did the review on the 4k and somebody who worked on the movie was like, I don't know how that's possible or how that's going to look good because the way this movie was rendered <laughs> is like JPEG things. And like, it, it looks, I was watching the stream of it and like watching the, yeah, people, me too. it looked like if you're not looking at donkey Shrek, Fiona or Farquaad or any of like the fantasy characters, the people look like they're from like a PlayStation game. It looks really, really weird. There's even, like, anytime there's a close-up, too, on any character's face, I think it's kind of like, wow. Uh, yeah. <laughs> like, like when they're over there, like, at a distance, you can clearly tell, like, it's like a rendered image. They almost look, like, differently lit. Yeah. And again, not, again, this is 2001, so that's the technology yeah. of the time. We, we don't hold it against know, the artists, and because and, at one point I was no. reading, they were going to try to do motion capture for, some, for this stuff, but... The testing did not work out for that. Um, no, no. You know, so, like, but it's also, like, it's a thing, too, where, like, I still think, despite the animation, I still think it's it's a good movie. Um, it's, yeah. it's still good. Um, I, and, and you know what? Like, I think about this. Sorry. Again. No, 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 go ahead. Um, I, think of, I think about this compared to, like, The Incredibles. And, it, like, with The Incredibles, like, when you get to the end of the movie, when they have the big climax, it's weird because, like, there's no one in the streets. There's no cars. And it feels very empty. It's like an early, it's like an early, like kind of mid two thousands video game where like you're playing as like Spider Man and there's like no one in the streets, <laughs> and it feels very weird. Like why is there no, there's no liveliness? 
but again, um, you know, with Shrek, I think the positive is that they didn't really have to worry about that too much because they're in the woods and they're on the quest and there's not a lot of, outside of Robin Hood, which is a fun scene, um, outside of that, they didn't really have to worry about that too much. So it, it, it kind of works to their benefit that they're not having to render like a bunch of different characters. Yeah. Yes. At least outside of like, you know, the, the Duloc scene. When uh, they first go to Duloc and they uh, they parody Disney like crazy oh. in that scene, like they do the whole movie. Well, the whole but... mo- the whole the whole movie is like that. Um, and I'm as a dis- big Disney fan, I have no problem with that. And I know some nope. people have a big issue with that because it's a movie that feels like it was made out of spite, um, especially because it's from Jeffrey Katzenberg. Jeffrey Katzenberg, who is you know one of the heads at Disney, he and Michael Eisner did not have a good relationship. They had a falling out, and mm-hmm. apparently, and and. And Farquad, yeah, was that what you were about, I was to, about say? to say? Uh, yeah. Farquad kind of sounds like fuckwad, which is what they uh, what they kind of I think called Michael Eisner alleged. I don't know. Uh, yeah, and then and then there's the allegedness that he's supposed to sort of look like Michael Eisner, which if you look like if you look at a side by side, I think the jawline is very is very Eisner. As far as everything else, maybe. But this is a good point to talk about Lord Farquaad. Um, John Lithgow does a great vocal performance. Um, Which I, I think we're both big, big John Lithgow fans yes. on this show. Um, yeah. You know, he's he's terrific uh, as this part. I love the scene. Uh, oh. <laughs> did, you, oh, did you know the Muffin Man? The Muffin Man? The Muffin <laughs> Yes, I know the Muffin Man. He lives on Drury Lane. <laughs> Well, she's married to the Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. The Muffin Man. <laughs> um, he's she's married, to, or I, I I love the even though it's so crude, I love the bit when he's when he's <laughs> he's laying in bed and he's got the, the mir- he's got the the evil queen's mirror yep. and he's like, you know, <laughs> yes, <laughs> he's he's doing things. <laughs> Show her to me again. <laughs> Bachelorette number one. Bachelorette number two, or Bachelorette number three. Um, Pick number three, my lord! <laughs> I love the executioner, by the way. That's also a fun... The executioner is great. Oh, and then, yeah. like, the cue, the cue card. Aww. Uh, and my other favorite line from Farquaad, before we get into what's wrong with Farquaad, is when they have the tournament to see who's going to help, like, rescue Fiona. Mo- mm-hmm. Most of you will die, but this is a sacrifice I am willing nice. to make. <laughs> I love the emphasis on I, like, but that's a sacrifice I am willing to make. Yes. Um, <laughs> now, this is a movie. Uh, like, this is, like, because think about Disney movies, right? It's about, like, accept. they could be about acceptance and, you know, finding yourself and all that. But they're with characters that look gorgeous, that look, like, more ideal than ideal, you know? And Like, yeah. People have like, criticized. All the princesses, all the care, like, everybody's, like, everybody's handsome. Picture perfect. Yeah. Or, like, you know, you think of it Snow White, how, you know, she had to become, like, an old woman. Mm-hmm. You know, like, you know. There's, you know there's a lot of image issues with fairy tale. You know, there's a lot of weird things, yeah. you know. Yeah. Um, where Shrek is a story about, you know, acceptance and not can't, like, because eventually, like, Shrek and Fi- Fiona stays as an ogre. And they're happy that way, you know, and it's nice, which the message gets dampened when your villain is, is, is short and there's constantly a lot of short jokes, uh, you know, made in this story. Um, yeah. 
it's not something it's not something I thought of. Obviously, I don't think either one of us or most people no. don't think about it when they watch it. But no. it is certainly because especially especially because like you know he's the villain, so like it's inherent that you just immediately don't like the villain, right? You know, and but when you think about it, yeah, it's it's a little bit weird. It does feel more off-putting, especially like there's that bit when Shrek and Donkey are trying to explain Farquaad to Fiona, and they both immediately make short jokes, and it feels a little bit icky. Yeah, it's de- it's definitely. Um... It's definitely weird, and, and it's and it's not like, sorry, no, yeah, it's 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 not like that. It's the only thing in the movie. Like there, it's 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 a constant thing, and it's not like character. It's everybody. Like there's that whole bit when Farquaad first shows up, and he's got like fake legs to make him seem different, or he's got you know fake arms, and then he gets off the horse, and he's and everyone's like what. Or like Fiona pushes him into the cake mm-hmm. to to more emphasize, yeah. um, or even just the way he's introduced. Like you get all those close up shots, and then you immediately see him, and it's like, Poof. you know, he opens the door and he's you're like what? But yeah, you don't you don't initially think about it, but yeah, it, in retrospect, it's a bit odd. Yes, you know? which is why. Not that this that that this is a perfect thing because there are other things you could talk about with the second movie. I think Shrek Two is a better realization of those themes than the first one, um, and I would call it. Uh, I don't want to call it a perfect movie. I would call it a perfect sequel. It is, it is funnier than the first one. Um, obviously, with the passage, like the animation and the processing and all that, has improved. You know. You introduce great supporting characters, but also get deeper with the characters we already know and love from the previous movie. Um, you know, but also before we get off of this, uh, sh- the first Shrek, the first Shrek was recently inducted into the National Film Registry, um, mm-hmm. as it should. I mean, like people, I think there are people who either know Shrek as a meme or people who are familiar with Shrek, but they just kind of groan because they're kind of tired of Shrek. But mm-hmm. it's important. So whether or not you like the movie, I think it's it's a it's a valid pick for um, the National Film Registry. I still like it. I mean, but again, you know, I feel like the memes would probably have killed it a little bit for some people. Yeah, yeah, but I get it. I also but think it, the, I still the memes, but also like because it is such a mean, sp- like, it can be seen as a very mean spirited, which I think it can yeah. be. Um, but I think the characters are strong enough to where, and like I love the soundtrack, of course. I mean, Smash Mouth, um, you know, <laughs> you know what? And it's funny because like people associate the song All Star so much with Shrek, even though I think it was actually made for the movie Mystery Men. Yeah. <laughs> so that's it. But it it was the, it's literally the first song, and people um, even use it use that song as a meme as well. You know, like when he comes out of the the outhouse, you know, some. He cracks the door open. Body once yeah. told me the world, you know, like that's that's. I think that's a TikTok thing I saw not long it ago probably. on Instagram. Yeah, where like you see you see something happening, like you see the song starting, but then like it stops after like someone hasn't like hit the ground or something, and then once they hit the ground, body once yep. told me, you know. Um, but so, but Shrek two, yeah, Shrek two, um. Uh, massive success. In fact, it was the highest grossing animated movie until Toy Story 3 came out. I believe it. Uh, it made over $900 million, the second Shrek. 
And that's compared to the first one. The first one made like a little over four hundred million, which is very respectable for its budget and all mm-hmm. that, and you know the type of movie that it was. Um, but Shrek Two um, was a huge hit, but also I think more importantly, a very good and a very funny movie um, where Fiona and Shrek they got married, they did their honeymoon thing. Now they have to get the blessing of uh, Fiona's parents who live in uh, the land of far, far away. Far, far away. Which is basically Hollywood. And it's, it's ba- it's basically, it's basically yeah. Hollywood. <laughs> but we find out there was a whole plot involving Fiona where she was intentionally put there by her parents because they made a deal with the fairy godmother uh, that Prince Charming would, the, a literal, the literal guy Prince Charming, would come and rescue yeah. Fiona. And they would be together. That did not happen, obviously. We all saw the first Shrek movie. Yeah. It was too late. <laughs> he was too... He was just too late, and he found... He found the big bad wolf. What? what? Reading Pork Illustrated. What? Um, <laughs> but they're in Hollywood, and, you know, this is not Shrek's vibe at all. No. Like, no. not at all. Shrek is no. very much not happy to be there. The, um, the, the king, played by John Cleese is not very happy to see Shrek there. <laughs> uh, Julie Andrews plays the mother, and I just think that's a great casting. Um, like, that's just smart. That's just honestly. so great. Uh, and she, yeah. there's some great moments with her, too. Like, I love when like, there's the famous argument with Shrek and um, the king, and they're, like, ripping apart everything at the table. And she's like, <laughs> oh, I'm just so happy <laughs> right now. <laughs> Um, especially like an eyeball fell on her plate she's like I'm so happy right now we have the family together for dinner you know (laughs) and everybody talks about like Shrek Shrek Fiona Fiona honey darling Shrek donkey but basically um, I think one of the main things that happens in this um, is obviously fairy godmother's involved and she wants to get charming together with Fiona Shrek is trying to make Fiona happy. Um, you know, and they find the happily ever after potion, which changes Shrek and Fiona into humans and makes Donkey into a really sexy horse. Um, like, listen, that horseman, what a steed. Um, and, but they have to, they have to kiss by midnight in order, in order to make those, yeah, in order to make those changes permanent. Um, you know, and all sorts of shenaniganery happens. Uh, one thing, <laughs> shenaniganery. Yes, yes. Is that a real word? No, trademark. <laughs> shenaniganery. <laughs> trademark. Joe Diddy Dad. <laughs> um, I'm amazed. We. Uh, I also haven't mentioned uh, Puss in Boots gets introduced in this movie. Um, Listen, we, we. You know, we like Puss in Boots. I mean, we like Antonio Banderas. Anto- like this is Antonio Banderas's at least sixth movie on our show. <laughs> it is. And it won't be the last. It will not be the last. Spoiler alert. Listen, listen, it will not be the last. Every year, there'll be at least one more Antonio (laughs) Banderas movie. Because we got him him here, we got him in Spy Kids, got him in Desperado, got him in Puss in Boots, got him in Mask of Zorro. The guy just keeps on coming. Yes. And we have no issue. And and Puss in Boots immediately became a fan favorite character. We discussed this a bit in the Puss in Boots um, episode. And it just shows you mm-hmm. the legacy, like, Shrek continues on. I mean, we're getting the new Puss in Boots movie later this year, which is kind there of... Was a se- there was a musical? Was a Shrek musical, yep. Yeah, um, uh, there was two more sequels after this. Yes. Um, um, there's a 3D, and- a 4D movie that is all over the place 
um, it was at Universal Florida for a while, but it's, it's closed recently. Um, but it was also available on Netflix. That short was available on Netflix, which is, yes. That's weird. Right? It was available. Yeah. You could buy it on DVD. That short, it, it's really wild. I do remember seeing that, actually, because I do remember seeing like the cover, and it said, Shrek 4D. Yes. I remember what? before, remember the Brad Pitt Sinbad movie? Mm-hmm. Um, they had like a thing before the movie that, like a Shrek thing that played before the movie, or like a thing, like a, um, which is pretty crazy. But, um, yeah, I mean, a lot of, I mean, when you have like a successful sequel, that feels like the launching point of the franchise. Like I think about Empire mm-hmm. Strikes Back. That's when Star, Star Wars was confirmed to everybody. Yes. This was not just a flash in the pan. This is going to continue. Something huge. This is huge. It's going to continue. Yeah. Um, and, but I think this movie is a great story because I think primarily our villains are better in this movie. We have fairy godmother and Prince Charming, uh, Jennifer Saunders and (laughs) Rupert Everett are fantastic (laughs) in this movie. Listen, every time Rupert Everett talks, I feel like he's eating the microphone and I've, and I, and I love it. Mummy. (laughs) I'll take the medieval meal. Uh, my favorite, um, my, actually, my, my favorite thing is when whenever um, he says "mummy" and somebody finds out that that's his mom, they're like "mummy." <laughs> and, uh, the best is when like it's like Shrek, Puss in Boots, and Donkey are outside the window, and then Shrek's like, "Uh, Mary, a talking horse." <laughs> Listen, I would have got me. I would be like, "Damn, it is a talking horse." <laughs> it's like the robot chicken sketch with like uh, underdog. Holy shit, a talking dog. um but no they're fantastic but i also think they're fantastic too because they're characters that are obviously they're like prince charming is like conventionally like a sexy guy and everybody wants to be with prince charming and i think it it makes me think of beauty and the beast where you have a character like gaston who's buff good looking kind of guy that contrasts hairy chested yeah the contrast with your beast character you know i think it just that just works better and you don't have to run into as many icky things like you do with Farquaad. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think it, I think it works better, but also like, I love the fact that he's, he's in many respects, he's Homelander. Mm. You know, he's, he's super good looking. He loves, he loves the public. Yes. He loves the attention, but he's a, um, whiny putrid mama's boy. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And his mother, mother's the shit out of him. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) To the point where, like, he's he's however old however old he is in the movie, and he's still getting like the happy meal, and it comes with the toy that's a giant axe, you know, because that's that's and what it is you know that's this was what's got to be, <laughs> and so clearly, like, I mean, she she did the whole thing where she where she made them lock Fiona in the tower just so that he can have a chance at. You know, I'm sure moving out of the house, but also like, uh, you know, getting with a woman and, you know, being quote unquote happy, I guess. But that didn't work out. Just like everything else in this movie, nothing seems to work out for him. And you know what? He, kind of, he deserves it. Yeah. 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 Because <laughs> he's not a good person. No, he's not. Um, and his mom is especially worse. But these, I also, especially with this, especially with this movie, like, PG and G for a lot of animated movies, sometimes it doesn't feel like there's a lot of distinction between the two. No. Like Frozen is PG. And I think that's just I don't know weird. why. I, I can't I can't yeah. really explain it. 
But yeah. I feel like this movie and the first one really earned the PG rating. Honestly, this, it, there's listen. It's 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 the it's the crude jokes really that I think that I think good at, but because like the PG stuff, you could say like it could be like a theme or it could be violence, like. But it really is like the the humor itself is very much like crude. It's very crude. I think about um when Shrek turns human and there's all the I girls. I was thinking the same thing. And mm-hmm. just like, it's like I have I don't have anything to rub. Or I, I love uh, get in line. Or um, <laughs> you know, I'll, I'll be I'll be your true love. I'll be true enough. <laughs> you know, uh, uh. and they uh, get animated like a kids movie saying sexy. Uh, which when I was a little kid, I was like, <laughs> "We're oh, sexy!" Oh, <laughs> like that was dude. I did that all the time. Like whenever a kids movie, like like I remember the first one when Donkey just goes, "Parfaits may be the most delicious thing on the whole damn planet." <laughs> I was like, "He said, damn, mm-hmm. yeah, is that okay?" But you know what? Parfaits are good, so I get it. Um, or I think about when they're in Fairy Godmother's like potion place. There's a lot of laxatives. <laughs> right a good bm is what we need right now <laughs> well you know what that's how the whole franchise starts with a good bm um now again there's the first one that i think suffers from this more just because of the way the main villain is there's definitely some weird things to talk about with this one you have the ugly uh yeah. doris the ugly stepsister voiced by larry the late great larry king uh, yeah, which is a strange uh, thing to happen in this movie. Yeah, that is a very like I still remember like watching this movie recently and seeing that just going <laughs> like because no, <laughs> just no, or like there's obviously stuff in the movie too that's it's just aged poorly because of new information like. They sing "Living La Vida Loca" at the end. Well, that's you know that, that's that much that I mean. But I think about like more like Pinocchio with the ladies' underwear. Pinocchio with the ladies' underwear, or even just John Cleese. John Cleese and the whole point of you know his character not accepting Shrek for who he is, mm-hmm. you know, and, and and knowing what we know of John Cleese's position right. on certain things. Yeah, feels a little odd. Yeah, you know, it's 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 and that's just inherent with anything. Like you know, as as time goes on, like you know. You know, you you watch something that you watched when you were younger, knowing what you know now about a certain person or whoever was involved with the movie. It's the same thing with like, to a lesser extent, same thing with like Jeffrey Katzenberg's involvement. Just you know, making these movies seem spiteful. You know, like 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 it's hard to 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 really steer your your vision away from that thought simply because of this person's involvement and what you know of that person. You know. You know, sometimes the intentions that people have or things or, you know, things that you notice later are just hard to to not see or it's a little on the nose or something like there's the whole bit when um, Little Mermaid clearly shows up and is thrown into the ocean and eaten by sharks uh, or like there's like the the, the uh, off brand uh, Lumiere and Cogsworth that we see and the talking <laughs> uh, talking things. You want to dance, pretty boy? <laughs> or like uh how both rapunzel and cinderella have a house in hollywood yes um but i think i think uh, overall like the movie is just i think it's just full of so many like great bits um you know 
I, I, I love the, the parody of Cops. That they have knights, <laughs> knights, knights. <laughs> I love when he when he uses like pepper as pepper, pepper spray, spray, but it's just, it's just a pepper mill. I love uh, Puss in Boots. Two of my favorite Puss in Boots lines: um, "You capitalist pig dogs," <laughs> or "For you, baby, I could be." That's a great yes. He's just licking himself. He's licking himself. Um, uh, but I think that the, the I think one of the best things about this movie. The the third act like climax is is fun legendary. It's exciting. It is so much fun. It's bigger than the first yeah. one because the first one there's like a wedding thing and there's some things that happen, but it's nothing like oh my gosh. Um, this time around, I mean, you have a giant kaiju gingerbread like storming <laughs> the castle. Mongo, Mongo. Um, all the jokes you could have with that. Not the gumdrop button. <laughs> and it gets flung back at them. Yes. Uh, you know. That... Too much fall. <laughs> More heat, less fall. Yes. Um, <laughs> or, but obviously all of this is anchored by uh, Jennifer Saunders uh, singing. Uh, I need a hero. Holding out for a hero, which I think people would argue is the best version of the song. <laughs> um, no, I love the original version, though, too. That's a great great track yes there's 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 two good covers of that yeah song the credit the, the, the credits yeah the credits um let me just see who does that i want to give proper... where have all the good men gone and where are all the gods let me just find that um just so i can give the proper acknowledgement real quick I'm sorry <laughs> no you good songs featured in shrek 2 it's a whole wikipedia where's page. <laughs> the streetwise hercules the fights the rising odds um uh, uh frou-frou Fru-fru? Mm-hmm. I'm not familiar. I'm neither am I, but they did a great job. Um, is that a band or a person? I think it looked like a band, but anyway, I clicked okay. out of it. Anyway, um, <laughs> no, but uh, that's great. Um, I, you know that that like that's great. I think I'll, like that whole thing is just so exciting. Trying to like get the wand away from fairy godmother, you know, it, it it's it really exciting. It, it's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. And you know, again, Shrek and Fiona united. It's great. It's nice redemption. The, the big reveal, yes, as well for the dad. For the dad, for I think, the it's king. a great arc for his character. Um, he's the frog, and there's so many great like hints. Like, what's his? What's the queen's name? Lillian. What do you see? Lillian. You see a lot of lily pads in some of the decor and choices. You know, uh, talk about the kiss and mm-hmm. all the like. It, it, I think it's actually really pretty clever. Or like. When when he goes to the poison apple and he sees the talking frog sitting next to him, it's like, do I know you from somewhere? Yeah. <laughs> um, I love the other thing I love with this movie all the, like the uh, the fake product placement of like <laughs> far far bucks far bucks um, uh, <laughs> Baskin Robin Hood Baskin Robin Hood the Tower of London Records Banana Kingdom. <laughs> <laughs> Banana Kingdom is a good one. Um, I like there's a lot old, of great ones. Old Navery. Oh, I did. Yeah, Old Navery. Old Navery. Um, oh, there was one thing we noticed though, like or at least I noticed, and then you saw it in the background. They have like portraits of like other people in the <laughs> castle, and one of them looks like Nicole Kidman, AMC's uh, spokesperson herself. Yep. Just, just, just right there, letting you know that it's okay to cry. Um, but it's speaking okay. of the sorry. So, Speaking of the soundtrack, Accidentally in Love by the Counting Crows is an Oscar-nominated song. And it's a bop. It's a great dude. song. Like, like I almost like that more than the All-Star song, I, as, as far as starting off songs. 
I think they're both perfect for their respective movies, but I think um, yeah. I think as far as songs I've listened separate from the movies, I've listened to Accidentally in Love way more. Though it's hard to escape All Star. No. I'll tell you that much. It is. It's very like, hard. Yeah. Yeah. Not that I'm trying to, but like it shows up periodically. It's like the Kool-Aid band of songs. I did see Counting Crows in concert once. Um, it was, That's cool. It was them and um, Maroon 5, actually. <laughs> and... I did not see Smashing Smash Mouth <laughs> in, in concert, but that would have been funny if I did. That would that would have been funny, actually. Well, um, <laughs> I mean, I think with these two movies, it's a little different because I think it has more of like a, a cynical edge than The Princess Bride does. Um, yeah, but I think these are two great like th- examples of what you can do with like a fairy tale. You know, it's not; it doesn't just have to be the like. You know, we, we we talk about a lot of Disney movies. I mean, there's a number of Disney movies we love, you know. Um, but mm-hmm. I think it's it's nice to have like a little change up here and there with with the formula or with how you perceive you know these kinds of fairy tales and things. And it's great to have things that are not just Snow White and Sleeping Be- Sleep Beauty and the Beast and the same things. Where it's like this, mm-hmm. you're able to like, oh, okay, we can use other char- new other different characters. That might fill similar shoes, but maybe are a little different, a little tweaked here and there. It's, you know, and like anything else, when it comes to parodies or satires, Disney is as fair game as anything. Very fair. Very, very fair. (laughs) Yes. And so, like, regardless of whatever the the point is, if if there was spite or not, like, you know, it's still funny. Like, it's still, admittedly, there is still stuff that you're like, that was pretty funny. I mean, it brought like, joy. I think about my brother again, this episode dedicated to him. You know, mm-hmm. it, yes, it, it probably did come, like, that Shrek movie did come from a place of, like, spite, but it created something that people have loved and embraced um, yeah. all these years. Even, e- again, even to this day. Yeah. That, you know, we're still, we're talking about it right now. Listen, talking about this Shrek. Is like probably, listen, yeah. I was going to say, Joey was, it was, adamant that we talked about both one and two of shrek like that's important to note as well not that i not that i had any issue with no. it at all it's just i was totally cool with it no i mean i think it's like the paddington paddington 2 situation you know when we talked about those films where i i think the first the first one's a, a good movie but then the second one is somehow right, whoa somehow even even better and this is one of those great like truly great sequels um, I never seen the fourth one, but it made me like sad that the third one wasn't great. I don't even remember. I I feel like I seen a third one, but I don't. I've no, seen, I don't remember. I've seen it twice, and I'm like, Ugh. yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I'm, sure, I'm, sure, but, I'm sure it's okay. Maybe, but I, I think the, I, don't care. I think it's a fun double feature. You know, like fairy tales that are not the the exactly what you expect from a fairy tale. You know, um, and it. it I think, and I think they got great characters. I think that's really one of the things. And there's lines that we quote to this day from these from these yeah. stories. You know, like whether it be "As You Wish" or "I'm Making Waffles." Like both are iconic. Yes, both. Like both of them are wonderful, and you know we still celebrate um, people. Like you know, I think we still celebrate. Like you're saying, those characters. We still talk about Shrek, Donkey, Fiona. We still talk about Wesley and Buttercup. You know, these are these these are just great movies, and you should watch them. Go watch them right now. Yes, watch them now, folks. What are your, some of your favorite unconventional fairy tale films? What is your favorite Shrek? Um, 
And who, maybe who's your favorite like character in these movies? Um, favorite quote from any of these? Do movies? you think they were made from spite? Or <laughs> they probably were. Or listen, <laughs> I'm, I'm just kidding. Listen. All right. Um, if you you know <laughs> Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you can message us through those platforms. Each of us has Letterbox. We have a YouTube channel that we occasionally post on. Um, <laughs> I guess every now and then. every now and then <laughs> here and there yeah. um, we'll, see, we'll see what happens we'll see what happens we, as we march to episode 100 that might be tricky but oh uh, that's gonna that's coming and now we're gonna wrap up uh wrap up this week's installment yeah, of, of s morgenstern shut up s morgenstern's two dudes one yeah, check us out I don't want... do you want no do you want to do it you want to do it next week no as you wish. <laughs> Have a good night, everyone. Thank you all for listening to Two Dudes, One Double Feature. Please follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Special shout-out, as always, to John and Kenny Armstrong. Thank you guys for everything you do. We love you both so much. And, of course, stay tuned for a brand-new episode of Two Dudes, One Double Feature.